Well, hello there. My name is HW. And I'm the Seuss. And thank you so much for listening to the Tone Junkie Podcast. This is the first of 2020. This is episode 75. It's a big occasion. It's a big occasion. Look at the weather, Seuss. This, this is like a... It looks nice. It's raining, but it's sunny. Yeah, the sun is throwing me off. It's really throwing me off. And this car has some get up and go. Oh, yeah. This car can really, really move. Oh. Look at that. You know? It doesn't even like... Oh, we're going 70. I better slow down. This is not safe. It is raining, and this is, uh, you know, there's like school buses around. you got to be careful. That's right. So, Have you, have you had a good, before we jump in, have yeah, you go had ahead. a good new year? Yeah, you know, it's been really good. 2020 is the year of the IR. Okay. So, uh, Worship Tutorials just emailed me. They're like, hey, we need some Fender IRs. Luckily, okay. I have, at my house right now, a 65 Deluxe, a 65 Fen Twin, and a 67 Pro Reverb. And so all of those have 12-inch original speakers of some ilk. And we're about to go get another great set of speakers right now. And what's in that? Or what what is that in? (laughs) You're just just dying to tell us. Wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) Uh, those are, we are going to Guitar Center right now to buy an original, all original, the Transformer's been rebuilt, but it is the original Transformer, with original speakers and everything, an original 1957 Fender Bandmaster 5E7. You know, I'll tell you two things. One, I don't think I've played an amp that old in my life. And two, I don't think I've ever played a Bandmaster of any kind. Really? No. So I owned a Silverface Bandmaster Reverb, TFL 5005D, okay. which is like written on the front of the amps for some reason with those. They were the tall Bandmaster heads, and they had fe- uh, reverb, a reverb tank at the bottom. And uh, they're good amps, for sure. Are they only heads and caps? Those ones are only heads and caps, but I can I made a combo out of it. And it never sounded as good. Those Fender cabs are something. Those big Fender cabs, the closed back ones. I even, I remember one time, just because I wanted to go on a a houseboat trip where I was going to play some music, I didn't want to bring that huge huge cab. So I just got a little 212 cab and put the same speakers in it, and it never sounded right. That's a rainbow, Suze. Is it a double rainbow? Well... No, but you know, this is a sign. We're going to buy a '57 <laughs> Bandmaster, and there's a rainbow. Look, that's vivid, man. That's a that's a very nice. That's rainbow. a strong rainbow. I'm glad we could share this together. Well, I mean, this is. Does it also merit some sort of like sonic treat on the way? Like, I think we could do that. It doesn't have to be like a milkshake. It could be like a limeade or like a you know cherry like limeade. A, a cherry limeade. Yeah, something like good. You know? All right. I mean, I don't see why we can't do that. Where is the uh, where is the best one on the way? Probably up here in Carruthers. Up Carruthers here. All right, we can do that. For those of you who uh, are in the Franklin area, in about three minutes, we'll be at the uh, Carruthers Sonic. If only this was live. If only this were live, uh-huh. and that mattered. Right. I thought you were going to say, for those of you that live in the area, we're at Sonic 
one out of ten times. You know, right. like if you go, you might right. catch us there. Right. I mean, some people say it's not professional uh-huh. to um, sort of eat on a podcast, but um, you know, those people shouldn't listen to this podcast. Do you also point out the like eight other things that are really not that are not professional? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's weird. Last podcast I did from this car, it sounded not so good, but the other ones had sounded better. So I don't yeah. even know how this sounds right now. But it's not like through your car, right? It's it is like... through the car microphones. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not just like you're talking to your phone. Yeah, see, I, if I uh, do podcasts on the Model 3, I can write it off. You see? It's comedy hour, everybody. <laughs> it's comedy hour. So, I have more questions about this amp. Yeah, go ahead. So, is it a, is it a head and a cap? No. Is this, it, because, okay. see, the names largely don't mean anything with respect to the circuits they're describing. Like... Uh, a Tweed Deluxe doesn't really have anything in common with a um, with a Blackface Deluxe. Okay. Now, a Silverface Deluxe and a Blackface Deluxe are always going to have a lot in common. Um, they're going to be the same amp with, as the Silverface years progress from 67 onward, they get more and more different. But a Brownface Deluxe is, isn't even really similar. They just once they had these names, they were going with names. You know, they had they had names they liked. They had a deluxe. Why was it a deluxe? Well, it had, um, I don't know, m- more wattage. It had um, tremolo and reverb. It had two spe- uh, two. You know, how's that different than a Princeton? You know, well, the Princeton had just a ten inch speaker, and it had, uh, you know, uh, one channel instead of you know high and low input on one channel instead of you know, two channels, a normal and a vibrato channel. So you had a normal channel, and then you had an, a channel with effects. Wow, this sounds great. Twin, we're going to put twin speakers in there. There's two of them. They're, it's like a set of twins. You have the one baby, and then you have the two babies. Mm-hmm. That's how you tell them apart. What they meant was this This weighs twice as much as the other amps. It's like twins. No joke, though. Yeah, really. And then Super, you know, they just that was Super was their way of... Of going like, hey, uh, here is four 10-inch speakers. Now, what's interesting about the Super Reverb is there is no Tweed Super. Right. They had that was the you know the basement because that was the first Super they had made. I mean, it was like not like a. I think the Super for them was a return to a 410 amplifier because the basement had already gone head and cap because. They had figured uh, out that that bass especially would would benefit from a closed cabinet. Were bass players using basements? Yep. Wow, that's crazy to me. <clears throat> well, you gotta think like Leo Fender also invented like his his P bass. Uh-huh. Yeah, super early on. Was as revolutionary as the Tele. Fifty one, fifty two, something. Fifty one, I think. Fifty four. Fifty one. <clears throat> and then. 59, he comes out with the basement amplifier. To get that thing loud. Can you imagine being an early adopter of the 51P bass? You have to, like, people think Kemper is slow to release updates. You had to wait eight years for a halfway appropriate amp Uh to accompany it. Yeah, what were people doing in 52 when they bought that thing? Yeah, so that's a good question. I think they were just going through amplifiers at the time, and even some... um, even some like early uh, 
er early bass stuff was just played on the guitar, you know? Um, like, I think there's old episodes of, like, Howdy Doody or something where there's a guitar player just playing the bass on a telly. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. Maybe I, th I think they were just using stand-up basses still. Okay. You know, like, I don't think the electric bass was that popular yet. Right. Certainly okay. in the 60s it becomes popular as the guitar becomes popular. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's that whole sort of era, you think of like Brian Setzer, well he's playing an electric guitar, but the bass player's not. He's yeah. playing a stand-up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of this like mixing of like this early 50s or 50s sound yeah. with like, we don't have an electric bass, but we've got an yeah, electric guitar. Yeah. Let me put you on the spot again. So when someone gets a silver face Fender amp, uh -huh. and they they claim that someone has quote black faced it, yeah, what what are they doing to that? So usually that just means they put it back to whatever the spec was of the sixty four, sixty five, or sixty six of that amplifier. Okay, what does that involve? Like caps? usually, yeah, caps, removing some components maybe. Uh, maybe changing the value of a bright cap and stuff. Man, my car is really being cautious right now. Um, Does it know it's raining? It, I don't know if it knows it's raining. It might be like, hey, slow down, HW. Um, here's the thing. In 67, when they first started Silverface, that year they had Drip Edge uh, amps. That? So that just means... Is this Sonic closed? It's not a good sign. Well, let's see. Is that... Maybe that means we're supposed to just go. <laughs> I was looking forward to it. Me too. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, is there another Sonic on the way? There's a Starbucks. That's kind of delicious. Where's that? It's right up. Or the next one up. Is it a drive-thru? Mm -hmm. It really is. Oh, that one. Yeah, the one that's like right Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, what was, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, drip edge. I don't know what that refers to. Okay, so to. in 67, they, they put this white sort of edge cloth stuff. Um, they put this white sort of piping around the grill cloth, and it's called drip edge. I don't... I'll look that up. I know our, maybe our viewers can do the same for uh, listeners. Yeah, you, you've seen it. Uh, like, you know, 67 is the only year they did it. Uh, they might have done it into 68. Is this right here? Yeah, Fender Drip Edge. Yeah, just look up 67 Drip Edge or 68. So when people You know what, I think I'm thinking... Six, I don't know if any... I think it was the end of 67, you saw the first Silver Faces. Um, and even that could be debatable, because I think what I'm thinking is, there are the earliest 68s, when they started the Drip Edge were probably made with all 67 parts. What is the drip edge? Here? See, see this white edge? Oh, see I that see little silver piping? It's okay. very subtle on, on that photo. But okay. 68 might have been when the drip edge actually came out. But what you'll see is some of these things that say, that have speakers and, amplif and uh, uh, transformers all dated 67. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in the beginning of 68, they're using parts that were probably sitting there last week, right? Right. Uh, and, you know, they would use whatever was around. That's the other thing. Um, when you're talking about a small manufacturer like Fender was, you, you didn't just stop. If you were going to change the circuit, you change the circuit. But you might be like, yeah, we're going to change the circuit. But that meant, meant like, you were like, all right, the new 
we got these new components. We're going to change the circuit. Mm -hmm. But that might mean you still have like a bin of these like capacitors. And so you're just like, you're not going to throw 20 or 30 away. Right. What are you getting? <coughs> I don't know. I might go with that. Um, it's like a cold brew. Uh, the nitro cold brew? Nitro cold brew with sweet cream, I think is what it's called. Yeah. It's like slightly like sweet. Hey, I'm good. How are you? Can I get a grande uh, nitro cold brew with sweet cream? Do you want regular cold brew? I don't. Um, let's do like a, a venti iced caramel macchiato. Can I get a venti iced caramel macchiato? Yeah, venti iced caramel macchiato. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Can I also get a... Um, an iced caramel cloud macchiato, just yeah. a grande. Oh, grande, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anything else? That's all for me. Perfect, that is 1196, I'll get Thank you. So, what's that? Oh, your Starbucks app. I mean. Wow. I don't, I don't mind getting it. What do you get for that? The app? Yeah, like You drinks. get rewards and stuff. Yeah, wow. you get like a, you get up to a certain number, you get free drinks. I'm not on that. Oh gosh! Do you I got Starbucks along? I got to. I do. I got to get on that. But the point is, when they would switch a tr every time they were switching year to year mm -hmm. a model, right? Sixty four, sixty five, sixty six, even into sixty seven. I don't believe the models change almost on everything. Okay. But if you actually are a tech and you look at the circuits, you'll find things. Like they're mixes of those two models. Yeah, like they went like uh, or or it'll just be like. There's there's a different value something in here. Mm -hmm. Why I don't know. It was mixed it. in. It it was replaced. That's the other thing, you know. On an old amp like that, you can't tell if something was unsoldered and resoldered because they had a cold solder joint when it was being made, mm -hmm. or if it was a '65 and they replaced the part in '69. You can't tell that. Yeah, there's no way to know. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like that twin that we profiled, those are not the original speakers, but those Concert Series Jensen's are the speakers that Fender would put in after you blew the speakers. Because oh, they didn't want you to keep blowing the speakers. Right. So they took the higher wattage speaker and they would have them in the shop. And if you were a guy who sent your amp in or you brought your amp by for repair and you said, I blew the speakers, I blew it again, they would just give you a different set of Jensen speakers to go, here you go, these won't blow. And nobody at that time was, like, concerned with, right. you know what I mean? It's like something someone made 24 months ago. Mm -hmm. You're not like, wait, that's not vintage correct. There's no vintage. Today is yeah, vintage. They just want it to work. Yeah, they're just like, yeah. yeah. They're like, this is a great sounding amp. What do you think I should do? Right. Can you fix it? They're like, yeah, we put in different speakers. These ones won't blow. You're like, great. Uh, there's no there's no lore about ceramic and this and sure. that and that, you know? Not like there is now. No. Now it's silly. So when, so when did the Bandmaster get introduced? So the Bandmaster, there's a Tweed Bandmaster because it's the late 50s. And then the Bandmaster came back as a head. So I don't know, I, I don't know why the Bandmaster didn't become, I think it's because the introduction of the Super. See, this Bandmaster we're going to go pick up has three 10-inch speakers. Hmm. And at the time that this was made, there was a... There was going to be a bassman that has a bass channel and a, and a guitar channel. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, so that becomes four 10 inch speakers. The basement though, this, when that changes over, they do like a, you know, Brian Setzer plays like uh does this pay also? It does. Wow. Just hit that pay and store button. Just hit this pay and store button. Um, hey there, it's getting 1196. There you go. Thank you. Need a copy of the receipt? Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, okay. So the bandmaster, I think maybe had there not been a basement, may have gotten used for something else. But by the time you hit 65, what you have is a basement head and a bandmaster head. And the biggest difference is the size of the transformer. Mm -hmm. So a, a bandmaster is always going to have less uh less like tight low end and it's always going to be less rocking than the bandmaster than the basement equivalent okay. that's why uh the guy uh jhs josh from jhs mm -hmm. the um the loud is more good amp mm -hmm. is is basically a blackface bandmaster oh. and they're they're uh the first awesome thank you serious the um sorry there's a crayon in there the actual The actual, generally, bandmasters are thought of as really good pedal platforms, but some, but every blackface is thought of as that. Right. You know, deluxes are thought of as great pedal platforms, twins. Mm -hmm. But bandmasters are nice. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, awesome, you. you too. But bandmasters are generally thought of as like a good wattage, a good size. It's not too mid rangey like a deluxe. It's not like a Princeton. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. -hmm. So the very what was the very first amp that Fender was like? Here's a guitar amp. We made this for you. The first one? Yeah. Check this amp out. I believe it was the five E three. The the the, the Tweed Deluxe. Tweed Deluxe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For simple circuit, so I heard. That was the one that uh, that pedal show. Right. What's that? I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. Yeah, that pedal show guys, they they made one, you know, from a kit because they said it was the simplest kit to create. I believe that. Interesting. Okay, so this fifty-seven, mm -hmm. it's it's gonna it's gonna set you back, but it's also a piece of Fender history. It's Seven thousand dollars. Like some people. This is the most expensive like amp I've ever. Yeah, like a used car. A hundred percent. I have a twin and a deluxe at home right now. I don't know. Do they stay? Do they go? Right. Should I stay or should I go now? Recorded on a fifty-seven Bandmaster. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, so we're going to see what happens. Um, but Are you going to play it? Exactly? Here's the thing. It, it's hard to get your hands on these amps. So I might, um, you know, eventually I'll, I, I, eventually I never end up keeping anything, right? On a long enough timeline. Everything's for sale. Yeah, the, uh, the probability of everything goes to 100%. So will I sell this amp? Probably. Yeah, absolutely. The trick is, the trick is in profiling the world, how do you not lose a lot flipping the amps? If you do that, you, you can keep going. Your general MO is to buy used, mm -hmm. try to get local if you can, to yeah. avoid upcharge for shipping. Mm -hmm. And try to sell local. And I got a bunch of stuff for sale right now. Selling local is clutch. Because you don't get the fee and you don't get the shipping, which people assume that you'll pay for both mm -hmm. of those. Mm -hmm. But, you know... It's a cost of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. If people want to support Tone Junkie's efforts to profile the world, just buy the packs. Makes sense. Because even... It, I, I, I'm going to... 
it's like a given you lose on the amps. You know what I mean? You lose. Sometimes I get to borrow amps, and that's amazing. That's awesome. Right. And you know, this Bandmaster pack's going to be a. I'm gonna have to price it, you know, uh, so that I can assume that I'm going to lose two grand or something. Because mm -hmm. I can sell it, but it's going to take a little while. Yeah, you're buying it from Guitar Center, not looking to hook you up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I've looked. This is not a bad price for this amp. Uh, what I'm most excited for is that I don't have to buy this from somewhere, try to profile it, and then um, and then I don't have to buy it, try to profile it, and then it breaks like in one day, and I end up having to take it to British Audio. Right. Now I'm now I can't get it going again. One of the things I like about sometimes buying amps like this from Guitar Center is, mm -hmm. honestly, if it breaks while I'm profiling it, I can bring it back and they'll repair it. Okay. Because and they you, know they know I'm within 30 days. You know what I mean? And so I can just bring them back the amp. So if I say, hey, there's a problem with this amp, it's not working. Like I, you know, they're not like, what are you doing? Do it. They're like, what? They know vintage amps break. Right. Like. I went to go buy this amp yesterday from Guitar Center. It didn't work when I got there. But it works now. So I literally was like, hey, man, no problem. They were really apologetic. They made me drive down there. And then I said, um, and then I literally get in the car, get on the freeway, and they text me and say, amp works, bad preamp tube. And I, and I said, no, not at all. I said, oh, uh. Well, I, don't, I can't come back right now. That was a lie. I just didn't feel like turning around and going back. Oh, sure. My kids were off of school. I was going to go hang out with the family. And uh, you know why? Why didn't it work? They had put vintage RCA tubes all throughout the whole thing. So it's like, yeah, you want to put like vintage glass in there, but those can go out at any moment. You know, it got transported from the place it was being repaired to the store. Right. You know, it worked. Then it didn't. Pop some new tubes in. There you go. So, because it's 2020, and it's the year of the IR, um, you know, the, the plan is that this thing will come out next week, That um, and then there's also going to be IRs with it next week. What IRs? Of, of these original 57 Jensen P. Tens. Oh, that's right. I was thinking it was a head, but it's, it comes with a cap. It's a combo. Yeah. It's a 310 combo. Oh. A 310 tweed combo. So it looks a lot like a basement. But then when you look at the back, you realize, hey, there's three speakers in here. Yeah, I'm really excited, man. This is the oldest amp either of us have ever played. For sure. Oh, yeah. I don't know if there was a 5E1. There's a 5E3. This is a 5E7. Oh, that's the like, model number. I don't know that he ever came out with a, with, a, with a 5E1. Maybe there was a 5E1 he built, and it never came out. Yeah. I'm looking at the, head, the history of Fender's first amplifiers. Yeah, what's the first amp that he came out with? There's some stuff back to 46 that he made. Well, 
I believe that. Definitely, they were definitely working on stuff. TV front model. Your very first summer, nineteen forty-eight, and that was. It's called a deluxe, but it's a tweed cover TV front style with a larger speaker. I bet he made three. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who is buying that? Yeah. So I'm gonna look the same up. So this is a '57 Bandmaster. Yeah. Yeah, you can look up Bandmaster 5E7, Fender 5E7, that'll work too. So Josh, Scott, uh, he must be into these things, like the old Bandmasters. So his would be, so the one that he's modeling is a blackface Bandmaster. Which again, they just sort of recycle these names. It's not as though the difference between a Deluxe and a Princeton in the circuit in the Tweed era is the same as the difference between a Deluxe and a Princeton in the blackface era. They're completely different. Everything's become a different circuit. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There it is. 57 yep. Bandmaster. 310 Combo Tweedian. 5E7. Like you said. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Here's my question for you, Suze. Is any amp worth $7,000? No. No, is any guitar worth $7,000 also? No. No. Those I, numbers I, have to get lower for me to... Right. It's... This is the type of thing where you're buying the, the rarity, the you're history. buying history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think if I was more of a history buff and, or, <laughs> you know, made of money, yeah, I'd be like, that's cool, you know, but it's, it's not worth that to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's the type of thing where I'm not really batting an eye at this because you've seen my house right now. I have so many amps right there. And I'm try. I have so many listed for sale that um, it all goes in. And I can yeah, it, it, exactly, and then I'll list this one for sale. You know what I mean? Right. And it's so it's a it's a thing. If you were buying this to keep, I might have some questions. Yeah, I can't keep this one. And to be honest, you know, I told myself I was going to keep that Fender Twin, but you know what keeps happening to me? I get an amp, I go, I'm keeping this amp. This is a great amp. Yeah, but then I keep getting new amps, and I keep going. Yeah, I found myself today going. I'm going to keep this orange CS50. It's just a great amp. You know what I mean? I know that's a lie. And then I'm like, what? You would never keep that. I mean, there's something special about that. I know. You can get them right now. But I just thought, man, this is like, what if someone comes over and they're like, show me your best British rock amp? I'd be like, this one right here. Like, if Stu G said he was selling his 62 box and you bought it, that's a keeper. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. An orange does not fit in that category of, like, I'm keeping this again. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's true. I know what you're saying. I could see you keeping the 65 Deluxe, the blackface, because I think that amp has meant a lot to you in terms of what it means for guitar players and, like, it's the iconicness of it. It's almost like getting a, a red 335. Like, that That yeah. means something to you. It has, like, some value. Like, you know. Yeah, it... The Deluxe, the Twin, I mean, they're iconic for sure. Part of me wants to get one of every amp Fender released in, like, 65. You know? Or just one of every blackface. Sure. I'm okay if it's 64 or 66 or whatever. A little collection there in the corner. Yeah. Looks good on video. You know what I've got right now there? I've got that Pro Reverb, which I don't think you saw yet. 
and it's got it's got two Utah speakers. Yeah, original Utahs. Old, old, like back in the day when like uh, Gear Page started out, like 2007. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to be a supporting member. Yeah, me too. No longer. Yeah, me neither. Um, it's kind of a what do they call it? A dumpster. Dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. It's it's, you know, it was a it was the blues it was the it was the blues lawyer hangout, and that was great. Uh, but those guys really never modernized with the times. And I just think there's, I honestly just think there's an issue, there has always been an issue of, um, I, I don't know, I, I shouldn't say that. Hey, I'll just sum it up this way. It used to be that you could just start a thread, and within an hour or two, you would have kind, helpful responses. Yeah. Hey, Suze, I saw that you asked about a, you know, pedal recommendation. Here's three that I love. You know, I was like, oh, thanks. Now, you you post these innocent, well-meaning questions, and right away, people are berating you, telling you to, like, go search for it yourself, or, like, yeah. Yeah. not that, solving your problem, but talking about something different. It's exactly what I was going to say, was there's a real moderation problem. And the problem is, is that you've got these guys on there who have been on there for way too long, and they're just, the moderators have adopted this attitude of, you should use the search function, like as though they're a search engine, and as though with like, like the internet is not about human interaction. Like the reason you go on a forum isn't so that you can communicate with people; it's so that you can just search their vast archive of knowledge. Of and what is the knowledge? It's like, oh no, no, let's not let's not glorify what someone else put eight years ago online. Like why don't we talk about it now? There are new people here. There are new characters. If I want to know about an amp, or I want to know about a pedal, or I want to know the pedal order, it's really weird to me when it's like, when people can't realize, it's like, here's the life of a forum. There's no one on a forum. Then a group grows on the forum. You can ask any question you want. The forum is great because it's helpful and they answer all your questions. And then at some point, all the people who have been on the forum for years start to realize, they start to become annoyed that there's people who always have basic questions. Like they used to have. Yeah, and it's like, what what do you think growth online looks like in a forum? It means new people showing up. Of course they're gonna ask questions that are 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 already, you know, are, are basic to you. That's why whenever this comes up on the Kemper groups or anything that I moderate online, like any of the I, the two Kemper groups that I moderate, if it ever comes up and people are like Hey, you know, oh, there's just a lot of questions about this. Like, maybe we could do whenever it's like here. We, can we make a sticky for all like the basic stuff, you know, so that way people don't ask any the same questions? I'm always just thinking to myself, like, no, why don't you go do something else for a while? You clearly don't want to have discussions right. about the subject matter of this group. If someone wants to know a very basic Kemper question, we should answer it for them, like we did for you when you got here. Right. You know what I mean? Someone said that when you learned. That yeah. Thing, yeah. You know? It wasn't like, oh, you've been using it for four years? I've been using it for seven years, you noob. <laughs> Why? Why is it's, – it's just strange. And then people have this weird, like, ownership over over a feed. You know what I mean? Okay. There's this, like, well, it's just – it's always popping up on my screen. Oh, and it's like, oh, well, that's, that's how – that's not – it's not your – you don't own everything that goes on that screen. Right. In fact – you, you don't want it. Of course, it's not all your content. You're here to look at what other people are saying and doing. 
you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, everyone wants every every thread and everything on the feed to be exactly what they want, which is impossible. Like, all right. at the same time. Right. You know? We just need to chill out for a second. That's all. That's all. I mean, cause, and I think the thing is they don't see the other thing. They don't see, like, the the other part of it that's like, hey, I, I like... They don't see the, the, the discussions that are good that won't happen if people feel like they can't ask questions. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, there's already a problem on Facebook groups and forums. Of, there's a lot of people who are just lurking. And a lot of times they're the voices you wish would be in there the most. You know what I mean? Here's a good example. Uh, Brent Mulligan. Right? I know Brent. Is not the loudest guy in our Kemper group sure. online. Yeah. But he's someone who has way more knowledge than your average bear about miking an amp, recording an amp, how you use an amp in a mix, what's actually valuable to guitar players, sure, yeah. all this stuff. Right. You know, he's he's making records that people will listen to and then go and then try to emulate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. He so, has information we want. Yeah. So, but but you know. He's a working guy. He's a busy guy. He's not dying to, like, write a novel and put it on a message board. So if you don't, like, sort of foster just kindness on these online communities, you're, you're just, you know, what's, what's, what's your value proposition right. for people in the know to come be part of the community? Mm -hmm. Because you're, you're always going to get the guy who's like, how do I turn this on? You know what I'm saying? Respond with kindness and patience. Yeah. And, the, the, dude. and the answer is like, do you see the on button? Mm -hmm. There you go. And look, I get questions sometimes from people and I'm just like, you know, they're like, hey, I bought this thing and uh, how do I put it on the Kemper? And a little bit sometimes I go, well, is it my job to make sure that you know... Yeah, well, okay, let me answer your question. Uh -huh. So I tell them to download Rig Manager. They're like, I haven't downloaded Rig Manager yet. Uh -huh. And I'm like, well, we're, it looks like we're at an impasse. Right. You're going to need to commit to making this thing work, uh -huh. or I don't know what to tell you. Right. You know what I mean? Man, that, like, I appreciate that you sent me $12, Sure. but if you're not willing to, right. to sort of, like, install the software and, like, hey, maybe plug it in. You know, maybe just see what you can do. I mean, then, you know what I mean? I don't mind if people ask questions. What gets on my, on what, what kind of gets me is when people are like, oh, I didn't know I was going to have to plug it into the computer. And it's like, yeah. well, I don't know. It's 2020. That's tough to miss. Things plug in. Things, yeah. you know what I mean? We have, the, the whole world's been upset when there wasn't an editor, and now there is one. Mm -hmm. And, uh. Here we go back in here. That way we'll be able to get to amp and and that was a tangent. Minimal but, exposure to the rain. But yeah, so when the gear page used to be really chill mm -hmm. and nice. Yeah. Um, I remember people loved the pro reverb. So many people talking about the pro reverb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and that and the Vibrolux. People swore by these two amps. Yeah. I will also just point out something that is true TPG fashion. Mm -hmm. Those were also at the time the two amps you could were not reissued by Fender. So the only uh, way to get them of course was like was boot was to get a boutique recreation or a vintage one because they love that. Because I remember when the Princeton was like, oh my gosh, the print no, the Princeton's the best amp. Then they reissued the Princeton that died down. Yeah, you know. You have a point. 
it, whatever you can't get, uh-huh. you know. Silver faces. I mean, look, silver face used to be undesirable. Nobody talked about it. Yeah, then, I remember that. It was always acknowledged that, like, you know, there's some Nashville guys that use silver faces. Mm-hmm. Well, my previous question about black facing and silver face. Mm-hmm. You wanted to go. Yeah. To Why the... are you going back? Because yeah. black face was better. But Fender has recycled those silver face aesthetics now on the reissues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people see Drip Edge is cool. They only did it for a couple years. Still now. A 63, or a, sorry, a 73, 75, et cetera, is not nearly as valuable as 67 right. or 68. But we do see the silver faces kind of being appreciated for what they are. You know, ultra-linear twins. Those were regarded as like, those are trash. Get that amp, remove the master volume. You know, remember yeah. you used to see those old silver faces that have a black face with the hole in the front because they had removed the master volume? Yeah, I had one. Yeah. Now they don't do that. People don't do that. Just diamond master volume, and yeah, and fine. and now it's just like it's just it's like well, hey, that's cool. It's a seventy-two. You know what I mean? I do. It's a seventy-four. You know what you mean? Hey, the seventies had good tone, you know. <laughs> but it used to be no, no, no. Right. This is terrible. Oh, Vibrolux? Nope, that's that's can't have it. That's Stevie Ray. Nope, someone used that word. You know what they used to do? They would take Vibro. Uh, they would take Bandmaster Reverb, 71, 68, 69 Bandmaster Reverbs, um, and they would um, they would modify the circuit to turn them into Vibroverbs, because that was Stevie Ray Vaughan's amp. Oh. So they would modify it and then make it kind of, because you could pretty easily modify those amps to get it to a Vibroverb mm-hmm. uh, circuit. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And those 69, 68, 70, 71 Bandmaster TFLs especially were not uh, generally expensive. They're still not. They're still not, but they're about a thousand bucks or maybe less. With a cab, definitely you're going to pay twelve hundred or a thousand bucks. But um, I remember you used to be able to buy those amps for four hundred, five hundred bucks all day long. How can you? How much do you have to pay to get like a the Blackface Bandmasters? Uh, those are still the generally Bandmasters are the least desirable of all the amps for some reason. They've never quite. There's never been a model of the Bandmaster that's become quite as iconic as its, as its deluxe and twin brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're always um, they're always sort of shunned a bit. But um, same thing with Fender Concert amps. Those are like the forgotten oh, yeah. one. They got two in this guitar center right now. Like we're parked here, we're still talking, but should, should they have we... they have two in there. <laughs> I'll show you the two. They're just sitting there. They're oh, concert amps. The only place I've ever seen a concert amp is like in a concert hall. Like in an orchestra. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what the deal is with are those we, amps. Are we ready to end? We could. I would like to end this podcast by saying this to the fine the fine people that listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So you're listening to this podcast, going, man. The more I listen to HW talk, the more I want I want to go out there and buy stuff. <laughs> what do you think it's like being me? Being you? Uh huh. I hear this all the time, you guys. While I'm sitting next to HW, we're gonna go in here. I'm probably gonna buy something. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's just it. You're around it, and you're like, you it learn, rubs off. I know. Yeah, and all of a sudden, it's like, man, like look at this last year. It's like being. I know you really. I went crazy. You went crazy. It's a bit like being around, like being a teenager, and you have that one friend who smokes. Totally. You know. Everything was fine until I met Jeff, <laughs> and now I might have lung <laughs> cancer. Yeah, Jeff's. Yeah, now I have lung cancer. <laughs> I'm not coughing because I'm I, I, That's why I was. I'm, I'm coughing because that's I'm, why I laugh. I'm still a little sick. 
this this podcast is going to have a part two. I can feel it. Oh yeah, because we're going to buy this amp and then we're going to go to Joe Glazier's and pick I up the I got my guitar. T-shirt. I was just right. making sure they were still open. We okay. should do that. Are they still open? Five thirty. Okay, we, we'll make it. All right. Well, I've been HW. I've been sued. This has been episode seventy-five. Dang. Let's do it. Let's go buy an amp. We did it. You don't. Know, that's like a lot of people don't know about grocery stores. Well, Sue's, we're back. Part two. Part two. We got the amp. How's it sound? Well, I can't hear it right now. Uh, just sitting back there, docile. What's in the trunk? What is that? The uh, what's that thing called? The bandmaster? No, like the Tesla, like the Kemper Zone. The trunk? Oh no, the oh the frunk. The frunk, I think the frunk is the is also known as a crunk, which is guy. Kemper trunk. Okay. Is that also like imbibing too much alcohol? Crunk? Yeah, getting crunk. Yeah, I think that means you get drunk. Okay. Which is weird. Crunk is drunk, I think. You're so close to just saying it. Yeah, why not just say drunk? Was it easier to say crunk? Right. Um, yeah, so we played it in Guitar Center at high high volumes. Y- you ran out of the room. I did leave for a second. I didn't even know you had gone. I just started playing, and then I turned around, and there was a guy who was like, fingers were in his ears. And I don't know what he was trying to signal, like it's too loud or something. Probably. It was a little bit of an okay boomer moment. It was like you're in the you're in the private room of Guitar Center. Right. I'm sitting here with a four thousand dollar strat next to Would you mind if I tried it? Yeah, next to a fifty seven <laughs> bandmaster about to spend as much as a used car. Right, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna turn it up. Uh-huh. It was at four, by the way. That's what this is one of those amps that it gets, it goes zero to ten, from zero to four, and then it just gets dirty. Yeah. You know. Did you get it dirty? Oh yeah, after yeah, just for a minute. Okay. But I was also playing a Strat with really low output. Pinky. Yeah. Is that what you call that thing, Pinky? He, yeah, it was like a shell pink Strat. And you like it? He's tried to sell that guitar to me several times. It's a really solid guitar. Mm-hmm. Again, is what 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 are guitars worth? The price is was that four thousand. Yeah, that guitar was like, yeah, like 4400 bucks. It has it's, a nice telly with the, it was a butterscotch telly with the Bigsby all distressed. Yeah. 4800 Yeah, remember we saw that, that was a $12,000 guitar in there, a PRS? Oh, the PRS. Yeah. Look, you know. What are we doing here? What are we doing? You know? I mean, it's one thing, look, I'm going to like, I'm going to like split hairs here. I'm going to say the amp is worth it. Uh, but the guitar is not. You know, it's one thing if you're buying something they're not making anymore. Yeah, you know, like I don't know what Paul Reed Smith is doing that makes it worth twelve thousand yeah. dollars. I don't know. That's right. You know, I mean, there's the John Mayer signature, worth, you know, how much? Fifteen thousand. That mo- that John Mayer Modern Eagle. Gosh, that's a guitar. Let me tell you, that thing looks amazing. I'm not did buying you, one of those. Did you see the new one at Nam? That it was like purple. The John Mayer. Oh, the what was it called? Like it was, the Iridium Silver Sky. Yeah. Not Iridium, but the. It was like spinning in a glass case. Yeah, but somebody played. Mary Spender played it. And then it's like a video, yeah. And then uh, what was it called? I don't know. The like, the like incredible Silver Sky. It was a something Silver Sky. Yeah, something special. It was like named after the paint or whatever. Well, you know, um, so. We found out Guitar Center is going to get some new amps that are cool. I'm excited for that. Uh, so it's always a good thing. 
pretty soon, yeah, we'll profile an ombre, the new Sir Ombre. Yeah. Which I, is that blackface deluxe they showed on NAMM. I did not hear it in NAMM. No, there were so many people at the Sir booth. Yeah. I couldn't. What? Let's recap NAMM here. What were you, what was your yeah. big things from NAMM that you enjoyed? Um, okay. I mean, I, I like the walrus delay, the D1 delay. I think it's, it's a product I would have, like, lost my mind over five years ago. Right. It's just so smart the way they laid it out. You said that to me. You said, this is everything I've wanted in a delay five years it's ago. Just, and I didn't know what to make of that. It's because I don't use pedals as utility anymore. Right. I use the Kemper delay. You know, so like if I didn't have that and was trying to build a board, like if I had gone from a timeline to this thing, I would have been stoked. Right. You know, it's just it, the way it's laid out, the way like one knob controls three things with a switch, it's so smart. Like there's tap tempo, there's full MIDI on the back of it, which I use MIDI, you know. It's just, it's a great, it sounded awesome. Like, it was one of the only things that sounded good at NAMM. And if you've been to NAMM, you know what that means. But You know what sounded really good? What I thought the best sounding thing I saw at NAMM was? Uh, the Bad Cat Paw. Oh, yeah, that kid was playing it. It sounded good every way. I played it before him, and then he picked up the guitar, and I had to run away from the booth. He was shredding. Dude, he was incredible. He had a really great style. Like, it was apparent that his grandfather, it was apparent that he had a parent that was steering him towards, like, Blues, right, so like you know? the right kind of music. Yeah, because he he had a nice blues vocabulary. He really did. Um, the Bad Cat Paw two six inch speakers. It's a desktop amp. It's the front end of a cub. Okay. So it's all two twelve uh, twelve AX seven EF eighty six twelve AX seven uh, phase inverter, and then a Class D power amp that has an IR loader in the back. You can use the internal speakers, or you can just use it like a head, bypass the internal speakers, and you can run a 212 cabinet with it. And it sounded like a bad... And their whole thing was like, this sounds like a bad cat cub with this big cab, or this thing sounds like a desktop thing, or it's a, and it's a complete direct solution because there's IRs in there. Use it in every way you want. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool. That's just smart thinking on their part. It really, it really is. It really is smart thinking. Um, I like the Thanos. They have these cheap Thanos, eight, eight hundred bucks or nine hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, Bad Cat Paw, seven ninety nine. No way. Yeah. Yeah, bro. What? It was. Yeah. I think it would be. I thought it would be more than their other amps. I know, but seven ninety nine. I'm gonna get one of those just for like my office. I think I'm gonna get one. Wow. Yeah, the fans were cool. If you've been online at all in the last week, you've read about Tajima guitars. <laughs> How can we avoid uh, them? And man, it's, getting, cool. it's getting a little bit annoying. Right. They're getting talked about, that's for sure. But I don't think it's without reason. They they play yeah. great. Yeah. I plug I had to I had to steal it away and plug it into the camper. Did you see me walk over with I it? saw you go up to the Tajima booth and basically ask Hi, can I take this booth out of your? Uh -huh. Can I take this guitar out of your booth? And he had to get someone else to come talk to me about it to go ten feet away. <laughs> but I did. I put I put it through a, a Michael Britt profile and headphones and played it. I was like, I would own this guitar. What you didn't know though was that Kemper and Tajima had been sort of going back and forth all week uh -huh. about every time one of the booths got too loud, the other booth complained to the NAM police. Seriously? Yeah, so Tajima had a bunch of performers, you know, constantly oh, playing on the stage. Yeah. And so whenever they would get too loud, 
you know, Kemper said they didn't complain until, um, until they had a performance and they said Tajima complained because they had someone playing at the Tajima booth and Kemper Kemper turned up too loud. I will say in Kemper's defense, Tajima had someone playing like every hour. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Kemper had like two or three times a day, someone played for 10 minutes. Right. So... Then they just started telling on each other. Nam wars. Nam wars. That's a real thing. That is a thing. And they just tell on each other. They just tell the Nam police on each other. Mm-hmm. Can you think of anything less rock and roll than two amp companies, like guitar companies, telling on the other person for being too loud? I'm is, trying right Is now. there anything that like goes against the spirit yeah. of, uh, of like of the industry yeah. and like brands? Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's Nam's fault, so I would right. say not anybody else's. The fact that we've made rock and roll people get all super close to each other and turn down. And right. It's like, this is not not how you do rock and roll. It really is a case for going direct, isn't it? Because it's yeah, like, even, even at a show dedicated to amplifiers, all right. the amps are too loud. You know what I mean? You're not wrong. Like, if you didn't believe amps were too loud, it's like, even in the space we carve out to showcase them, yeah. everyone's just like, can we turn down? I'll say this, man. Like, every booth that had a direct solution, uh, this is the most direct solutions I had played back-to-back in my life, Mm -hmm. you know? And every single one of them sounded good-ish, clean, Uh and terrible dirty. Right. Except when you get to Kemper, and it's like, man, this thing sounds so good. I just, like, whenever I go to the JHS booth every year, I'm like, why do you have a booth? Just so I get a Kemper, so we can... I can't hear it. Yeah. Oh, you have the new Paul Gilbert pedal? I can't wait to check it out in six months. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. they should just have a sign, like, here's what's new. You can't hear it, though. Every booth should have, a, like, a Kemper stage. Everyone. Plug into it. You know what's funny? The New Neighbor guys told me, like, last year, that they basically send out a message to everyone at NAMM. And, and, okay, so here's how it works with guitars. So if you notice, Kemper has all these weird guitars at their booth. There are guitar companies at NAMM who want free... Ex- Look how many people are at that gas station. What was it, a Friday night at a Shell station? What the heck? Get a Tesla. This is good. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What's the last time you went to that gas station? <laughs> to fill up my wife's van. <laughs> right. I'm trying to get her to replace it with something else, but... Yeah. A Tesla like, van. Yeah, well, they don't make one. If they made a Tesla van, maybe I'd consider it, but... I'm trying to get my wife to drive the Cybertruck when it comes right. out. Yeah, Just put the kids in the back, lay them, lay them down uh-huh. under a tarp. Oh, so, you know, there's all these random guitars at the Kemper booth, the different different booths. So there are these guitar companies that, in order to get free promotions, will bring a ton of extra guitars to NAMM, and then they basically just hit up all these companies, before NAMM usually, and they say, hey, can we give you free guitars for your booth? If you're a pedal company or an amplifier company, it might be really great. You might really like, because you might not really own guitars, that you want people to be using. Like you personally might have guitars as the owner. Yeah, like shop guitars. Yeah, but but you don't yeah, but you don't want to take but even so, like if it's a shop guitar, you, you might not necessarily have guitars that you're like trying to bring you know, and you gotta check it, you gotta bring it in. Oh, it's a ton of work. Yeah, and you know, doing trade shows, everything you bring in, there's this thing called drayage costs. So you pay UPS to bring it to the Anaheim Convention Center. But all you did was just deliver it to a receiving door. If, if when you show up, you want that thing to be waiting at the space you rented, you got to pay this thing called drayage. 
a company called Freeman paid a lot of money to have the contract to be the exclusive person who controls the inside of the show. So you want to replace a light bulb? That's a union guy through Freeman. You want your stuff delivered to your booth so you can actually build and set up your booth? You're paying a fee for them to handle and deliver it at a certain time because they took it in and put it in storage. You know what I thought about on this? I was I went to one of the piano rooms where there's just a bunch of like Steinways. It was called Room of Pianos, wasn't it? Yeah, All of pianos. Huge like grand pianos. Mm-hmm. I sat there playing one of the pianos, thinking, how did this? How did these pianos get in here? How long did that take? Yeah. How are they in tune? Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a cert. Well, I, listen, I, it's Freeman, I guess. You know, you know, all these cars show up at the at a big car show called yeah. SEMA, right? Mm-hmm. All those cars have to get washed, right? Inside the. Bank. There's a preferred vendor, who basically has 72 hours to wash every car in that place. Oh you want to pay someone? Well, can they come in here? Are they? Do they have permission to get in here and work under contract? You know, with the under the union contract, blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? There's not such a thing as union car washers, so indoor car washers. Yeah, yeah, they gotta come and do it indoor. I mean, that's a whole. So you gotta imagine. There's yeah. a piano tuner who got paid to show up and to move 50 pianos yeah. in two days. Yeah, yeah, they probably moved them. Then he had to tune them all up. <laughs> like, that, it if was you're on this third floor, if you're a piano tuner, yeah, man. <laughs> Well, they have freight elevators, and then uh, the other thing is outside, they will put stuff in cargo containers and then lift the entire cargo container up. Cause, so many pianos, though. Oh, yeah, dude. It's just boggled my mind. I was just sitting there thinking, as I played by GCD, you know. If you've never been in that place, like, I guarantee you that place was unrecognizable. And if you've never seen these union guys drive forklifts at, like, 30 miles per hour... Uh-huh. What they do is they put tape on the ground, and they basically tell you, like, this walkway where people will be mm-hmm. is now like a forklift driveway. So enter here at your own risk. Right. You are allowed to be in the booth. We're about to run you over. And they are crazy. Uh-huh. You want to know how crazy it is? I've watched these guys. They sometimes will have on a forklift a large box that cannot make a turn. Like, there's not enough room. Mm-hmm. So what they actually do is as they make the turn – they drop the thing on the floor, causing it to sort of steer behind the thing. Like it be like the large box they're carrying becomes like a trailer on a hitch. Okay. Because they put the forks on the ground, but the fork is still sort of hitting the bottom of the thing. So when they go around the turn, it causes the this the thing to slide on the ground and then the forks sort of pull it around the corner. And then it just lifts right back up and they keep going. They're so good at it. Yeah, they didn't slow down. They're, they don't, it's, no, no. Yeah. So anyway, why did we say all that? Um, okay, these company. okay, these companies show up with like a million guitars, right? And then they just say to companies, Please amp companies, pedal companies, you want our guitars? They're free. Right. Like, we'll drop them off the day the show, before the show starts. We'll pick them up afterwards. Tell, tell us if a string breaks, we'll come replace it, right? They just want to put guitars in your free hands. Press for them at every booth. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I talked to New Neighbor last year, and they were like, "We offered every company at Nam our cab, our um, not Cab Zeus, but our New Neighbor like direct mm-hmm. pedal." Yeah, I played it. Just to try to like say, put pedals through it, put anything you want through mm-hmm. it, and they were like, two people 
so they would take him and they were like i don't know why they you know you know and then you go to the gibson booth and they've got these like ridiculous little amps that have like oh, headphones yeah. and they're terrible right. and it's like wow i'm really enjoying trying this four thousand dollar new custom made les paul mm -hmm. through a 129 dollar like g deck fender amp with some weird headphones right. like you have to yeah there's a does is no one at your company figured out there are better solutions than this what's mark agnesi doing we saw him. We talked to him for a bit. Did you ask him why they haven't just put Kempers or Stomps or something at the booth? No. John went up to him and started talking to him, and all he did was just say, play authentic over and over and over. No. Over. No, he did It didn't. was like a robot. No. <laughs> it was quite alarming. <laughs> John just kind of walked away from the conversation. Some people say he's still saying, play authentic. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Just like over. Poor so, guy. I think he just became the face of like a, a, a place that he can't change. You know, nice he does seem nice enough. Um, what else was cool? Actually, uh, some of the Earthquaker stuff sounded really good. Now they did have a more like amp thing at their booth, and I played one of the dirt pedals, and it sounded good. So whatever that thing was doing, I was pleased with that. They had a more one. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was. It was stuck under the board. Um, and I, I commented to the guy that was showing me the pedal. I was like, this actually sounds good, which is saying a lot for being on the NAMM floor in headphones. Right. You know, but yeah, they, I, I've since looked up that overdrive pedal and it was like $300. Mm -hmm. So I'm back out. Like I, right, I, I right. liked it, but I'm out again. Right. Um, I could, yeah. So, so Tajima, uh, Fano, uh, the walrus thing. I'm trying to think of what else was. You know which guitars I, I see every Nam and I just stare at them. I just stand there and stare at them and I love them. But I've wait, never, wait, let me guess. I've never owned one. Rickenbacker. No, that's a great guess though. Uh, They're kind of in that category. Wait, wait, too. hang on, hang on. Uh, it's not, it's not Fano. I just think they look awesome. You see them every Nam and you every never. Every single Nam, I always yep. go up and play one or something, but. I never come back and research them or want to buy And they them. look awesome? I just love them, man. They're, they're relics, you know, and I love that look. I think their style is cool. Wait, they're relict? Uh-huh. Uh, That's actually a, a big hint. Is it just MJT? No. Uh, shoot, I don't know, Suze. Rock and roll relics. Oh, Billy! Yeah, I know I, Billy. Yeah, yeah, we talked... Me and John went up there and, uh... So... The guy who used to did I tell you this? Something about San Francisco, you know. You the, know guy the guy who it was the inspiration for the Tone Junkie Monkey. That's right. Who's my real kind of short friend with pink hair, mm -hmm. who is the original Tone Junkie, right. who I took guitar lessons from, and who would like call me up and be like, John, I just bought a, a BC Rich Mockingbird on eBay, uh -huh. and payments due in 24 hours. I, I gotta sell three guitars. You want one? You know what I mean? That's like a real junkie. Sure. Um, he was in a band with Billy Rowe from Rock and Roll Relics, okay. and they opened for Guns N' Roses. I think they're still on VH1 Classic. They're called Jet Boy. Interesting. Yeah. So Billy, um, Billy's always been a big fan of Gretsch guitars. Okay. He's always played Gretsch guitars, uh, and those guitars are great that he makes. He had these, a couple of them I took some photos of that were like... Gibson Jr. styles, yeah. like the single P90. Oh, man. I just want to, like, slam 
rock chords through like a you know yeah through an orange profile. You have any good orange profiles? You know I have good orange profiles. I just we just did the OR15 and the CS50. That's right. It's there. Like that profile with that guitar. Those like, sounded great, did they not? No, I'm saying like. Yeah. I. No, I, I mean like I mean like people might think I'm a shill. People know you're not a shill. No, I yeah. I mean, if it didn't sound good, I wouldn't be talking about them, like, with that tone of voice. Right. Like I'm gonna slam some chords on that guitar through that profile. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, there. I don't know if like this could be a whole other podcast, but like mm-hmm. there is a persona inside of me, that is a guitar player that I never tap into, because it doesn't it doesn't help me. In my job or in my, like... What is that guitar player? It's, like, the guy that, like, smokes camels and, like, plays, like, little clubs. That's in there? And, yeah, and, like, just, you know, like, plays, like, power chords and, like, kind of always has a fuzz pedal on. Hmm. And, like... Is this why the Lunar Module stuck around for so long? It is. And I just got another little fuzz pedal that I played for about an hour the other day. What fuzz pedal? It's the little Mythos, um... Golden Fleece. Did you see the new Lark? Uh uh-uh. uh. Rhett Shell's pedal? Uh uh-uh. uh. Mythos made him, basically recreated his Gibson Skylark amp, and it's just called Lark. Wait, he has a Skylark amp? So he has an old vintage Gibson Skylark amp. Oh, 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 got it. Uh, uh, Rhett does. And he's put, it's been on his channel much. I think he made profiles of it. So it's associated with him. Yeah, like, I mean, no one really has his Skylarks anymore. They're not, right. but, you know, he's had it. He's had it on the channel. It's been on the channel a bunch. So I guess he went to Mythos and said, can you remake this amp? And so they released, they kind of released it together. So it's Retschel and Mythos Lark. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, like, I don't know if you have that, but it's, there, there's a whole separate, like, I'm the worship guy, I'm the ambient guy, I'm, like, the parts guy, but there's, like, this other, like, untapped thing that's, mm-hmm. like, dormant inside of me. I can relate to that. There used to be a part of me on the inside that I didn't think had a purpose, like, it didn't come out, mm-hmm. and then I just made it the, the part of me that was the only thing that had a purpose. Is it HW? I think so. <laughs> I think it is, right? Like, you know? yeah, when I met you, there was no HW. Like, I have no problem now. Like, you saw me at Nam walking around in, like, a sweatsuit. I really did. Who do I think I am? I think I know. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then I came back, and I got a, I bought, I have that same sweatsuit in, in uh, camo. Oh, uh, that's solid. Like, all camo. Can you get it, like, in, like, purple velvet? I should. I thought about, like, doing, like, getting a Kangol hat. Uh-huh. Yes, just doing, yes. like, Sam Jackson all yes, the way. exactly. You know what I mean? And, like, and then me and Rhett had the same shoes. That was and we, we cool. did some, you know? Tone is in the shoes. It was Tilly, actually, who was like, yeah, you got to the same shoes. So then we started talking and stuff. But I was thinking, I, what it, like, at some level... Yeah, there was the guy inside who was like, I just want to wear sweatsuits right. and walk around like I own this place. So are you saying that I need to just start like a <laughs> like a grunge band and like grab some camels and go for it? Yeah, I don't know why fashion is sort of the way that I have allowed part of it to play out. Sure. The other part of it is buying way too many amps, you know? My wife said to me the other day, she's like, well, you know, you really just figured out how to get all the amps you want. 
which has always been a thing I've been trying to do. She's right, though. She nailed that one. You know? So, yeah, I think what is the, yeah, who's this, what's this guy on the inside? Is this Mm -hmm. the real Suze? Mm. He's been suppressed by, I mean, I like worship music. It's not Santa Suze. No. He's seasonal. No, this guy's always there. And you hear it in some of my clips. Mm. Sometimes I'll get like that kind of like mm-hmm. the drop D or like yeah. the low E. Like, like I was... You started playing stuff today that reminded me of like being in small clubs. That's what I'm like saying. Like you were saying it's that thing. Yeah. You know, I watched a video of you in a small club playing a show like a long time. It was 10 years ago. That was a long time that's ago. That's the what I'm talking Have about. Have you ever listened to that record? No. You should. You should listen to that record. The reason I say that is if there was if you enjoyed at all what you right. heard on that thing, right. there's an actual record that I'm proud of that goes with it. Mm-hmm. And not to toot my own horn, but I always told the guys, I always said we need to do another record. And they were they would be like, you don't like the first record? And I would say to them, no, I like the first record. This first record sounds like the first record of a band I, w- I would listen to, their second mm-hmm. record. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They're just getting going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? You should listen to that Inner Sunset record. Anyway, what was your takeaway of, of watching that video? It's like pre-HW, in a club. It's dark. The sound yeah. quality is probably terrible. I, I didn't even actually, watch it. It just got posted. I was surprised at how close to current Jonathan Sullivan, that Jonathan Sullivan. Like, your voice sounded the same. You made a couple, like... Little jokes. Yeah, little laugh. jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was even, like, okay, dude, I didn't even watch it. I got to yeah. watch that. It was like, okay, if I would have met you back then, it wouldn't have been that much different than meeting you like a, a month ago. You I know? think I just had a mustache back then. Oh, it sounded good, though. So pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to go, and you have to go profile that amp. I got to go profile the world. How are you going to profile the world without that bandmaster? It's in the world. Do you know how much that bandmaster was? No, I didn't. I did. I wasn't there when you checked out. It's the most amount of money I've ever spent on anything that wasn't my house, or a Tesla, or a car. Wow! It now goes house, car, that you know, this. <laughs> What's the next one down? Half this price. Half. So you doubled your highest, like. Yeah, my next one down is probably Goldie. Thir- thir- 36. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so it's a little less. This amp was $7,000. <laughs> that is a ridiculous amount it of It really money. is, though. It, re- it really is. I don't often, like, ask the community for help, but if you're at all interested in this amp, it would really help me out. We've created a monster. Think about trying. <laughs> think about buying That's right. <laughs> so now you're one step closer to a real train wreck or a real Dumble. Or... This is the thing that has me going, like, the day might come when I have to come to terms with, you know, someone might put a $35,000 dumbbell in front of me, and I might have to one day go, all right, th- like, this is, what's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, one, and I'll sell that amp, but I- I've just come to the realization that some amps I'm going to have to own for a while, and... I, I've been able to save up enough money to be able to buy like this amp. Now right. I can't afford to keep this amp, but I have a bunch. I always have a bunch of money sitting in amps, mm-hmm. right? And like 
that's just part of Tone Junkie now. And the reason, too, like, if people ever wonder, like, why, you're doing two amps a weekend sometimes? It's like, I can afford to do two right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I have enough money sitting in amps that then I sell two amps, and I'm like, I can just buy two more, and then I buy two more and two more. And then I'm like, I look, and I go, oh, I got six amps here. Mm -hmm. I'll just do two. These, like, kind of go together. And it goes in waves. Like, there's been time where you have no amps. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're all sold or whatever. Yeah. So it, it you got to get out of here. Yeah. It, it's a thing. I might have to own a Dumble. I might have to own a train wreck. It's in the world. It's a sacrifice I'm making for tone. So is a, like an eight-inch <laughs> solid-state uh, box pathfinder. Well, yeah, but uh, profile the cool world, like the hip world. We'll get there eventually okay. with the pathfinder. Why not? Those will be cool. All right, I've been HW. I've been the Suze. Later, uh, HW and Suze. Ow. Ow. Thanks for listening to the Tone Jiggy Podcast.